You're listening to Does Not Compute. Today's episode is brought to you by Rollbar. Rollbar helps you catch production bugs early and fix them fast. When something goes wrong, Rollbar will intelligently alert you with a notification, wherever your favorite place to get notifications is. That's right, no more sifting through logs trying to figure out what went wrong, or even worse, having users discover and report your bugs. Instead, Rollbar gives you everything you need to start tracking your production errors in just minutes. Then when something does go wrong, they send you the necessary context to fix things quickly, including stack traces, information about which customers have been affected by an issue, request parameters, and more. Since Rollbar can hook into your source control in GitHub, Bitbucket, and GitLab, it can link errors to code, create issues, and directly tie commits to error resolutions. Rollbar also plays nice with lots of other services like Asana, Trello, Slack, Jira, and HipChat. Take a look at rollbar.com DNC to learn more. It only takes a few minutes to integrate with pretty much any major language or framework out there and makes dealing with production bugs so much easier. Our thanks to Rollbar for sponsoring the show. And remember to check out rollbar.com DNC today. All right, I pushed the button. I have also pushed the button. We've both pushed the button. I pushed so many buttons today, Paul. Like four? I don't know. I mean, my keyboard is full of buttons. And I've been touching the keyboard all day, so I'm pushing many, but many buttons today. My mouse has... I got one of those fancy Logitech MX Master 2Ss. It looks like a Delta Flyer from Star Trek. Oh, I saw, I saw that when you were at my place a week or two ago. It's got it's yeah. got like a little not hexagon pattern on it or something dimples. Uh, it does it does it does it has like uh, there is like a JavaScript library that did this not that long ago, but it has one of those. It's like a low poly design on the side of it. Yeah, yeah. It's a handsome mouse. It works really well. Uh, it it works well for. I mean, what's cool about it is that it comes with a Logitech Options app. It's called, and then you can basically configure anything about it any of the buttons. So you have the right and left click, the scroll wheel that also has the push. Then you have a button behind that. And then you have a horizontal scroll wheel next to your thumb. And you have a button underneath that. Um, and with the application, you can say even like it's per application settings too. So like in Chrome, if I wanted to push the scroll wheel down, I could say in Chrome, uh, make this keyboard shortcut command W. And in a different app, you can make it something else. Uh, and that's why I like it because you can really kind of like finally customize it for working it's it's pretty okay i mean i mostly use my keyboard and i use vim bindings so i don't touch my mouse a ton but for just kind of like general surfing and using the computer it's pretty nice so uh, you've probably never heard me mention this app before but you should check it out it sounds like it might be up your alley it's oh, called no. a better touch tool i've heard about this app <laughs> uh, i've heard about this app Paul. better touch tool it's a lovely lovely piece of software it lets you do all of those sorts of customizations and it's surprisingly light on system resources btt uh is there a windows equivalent to btt i'm not sure actually not as far as i'm aware i always i've just always used the i have like a corsair mouse for my windows machine and i just use their horrible customization thing <laughs> it's miserably bad <laughs> Yeah, I just that's what's cool. That's another one thing I like about this app is, or this this mouse is that it, the same app exists over there, and you can basically set it to do the same thing. That's nice. Does it sync them between uh, between the computers? The the Razer one does that, and it's super cool. I don't know. I've never tried. I didn't try. I mean, there's I don't have that many customizations, so I just set it up really quickly when I was doing it. I know that there's a thing that they call Flow, I think, uh, that allows you to copy and paste between uh, machines. That's nice. Which it seems pretty interesting. Um, I have not tried that because I haven't I haven't tried. So I Googled web dev on Windows and then I closed the browser window. 
after promptly like two minutes. Yeah, people start talking about Sigwin and I just kind of zone out. Yeah, uh, there's like Bash on Windows and I looked at that and it didn't even seem like I opened a PowerShell and I felt like I didn't want to use, I just didn't want to type into that console. So I just closed it and I haven't tried it since. Well, I mean, there is Visual Studio though. And of course, VS Code, um, which have the, VS Code has the console built in. Right, yeah. That's an option. So I haven't. Uh, what is that? Have you used that on Windows yet? Uh, I installed it. So uh, my Windows machine did have, it well, still does have a regular hard drive, like a terabyte plugged into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but recently I got one of those fancy M.2 um, I don't even know. It's like it's a flash, flash, uh, flash hard drive. So really, um, really, really fast, really tiny SSD. It's unreal. It's they something like four times faster than an SSD, and it's crazy. like about as big as an SD card. Well, I mean, it's bigger than that, but not much. It looks like a small piece of like Apple RAM that you would get. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's great. I mean, uh, you just screw that thing into the uh, the motherboard, and you're good to go. And I got a 500 gig. Uh, sticks so because a lot of people are like oh you're gonna want to do all this like store everything else on your terabyte drive and then you know only store the base things basically they're trying to replicate like a fusion apple's fusion drive right yeah you, you have your, your boot that. drive be the ssd and you store a few important things on that but then you have like a big platter drive that you just dump all your right. games and whatever on that's what i'm doing on my on my windows laptop yeah right now i'm just have uh, everything on my M.2 drive and it's working fine. I mean, I don't have a ton of stuff. I don't play a ton of games. I've sure. just been playing um, Battlegrounds recently and I have Battlefield 1, but that's doesn't do a, lot, whole, a whole lot for me. I am excited about Destiny 2, though, on the PC. Uh, I pre-ordered that. Yeah, so you were you were like a big Destiny player. They did the the final expansion for that, right? And they're, they're uh, done with Destiny? Destiny 1. So right. it's just it's like a big story arc is the intro to Destiny 2. I've been playing Destiny 2 Destiny the the title for probably a couple decades now. Just spent, you know, a lot of time playing it, way too much time playing it and uh so my brother, I got my brother a PC for his birthday cuz he's really he just loves tinkering with things, so I got him a PC. And uh, we had both been uh console gamers. I haven't played PC games in I don't know, years, like probably since I was a teenager. So I just been getting into PC gaming a little bit just with like little time I have here and there. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty stoked to play Destiny. I feel like with my monitor, I don't know, whatever, for whatever reason, playing games on my PC feels less recreational. It feels more intense, if that makes sense. And that's probably because I don't sit face, like my nose doesn't touch my TV ever. Yeah, I I have that exact same feeling. It's like, that that kind of leaning forward it's a posture thing i think a lot for me yeah but uh but no i, I definitely i definitely get that like laying back on the couch and playing some cave story or whatever oh, what? i'll just zone out and enjoy it but then i hop on and i've even even something like minecraft where it's pretty relaxing i get into like a rhythm and i, I it's yeah. just something about being in this position it's from work it's like you're doing work within your your, your leisure time i understand mm-hmm. that because i do the same thing so one thing that I found, and this is interesting, hopefully people will find this interesting, but one thing I found that like, if I play the PS4, I tend to play for a much longer period of time. If I'm playing my PC, I'll get a few games in and then be like, screw this, I'm going to, I'm going to go outside or something. Really um, interesting. I yeah. find I'm the opposite. No, I'm not. Where I'm, I'll, play, I'll play a console game for an hour or something and be kind of bored with it, but I'll get into something on PC. Oh man, I'll go 10 hours. It's the yeah, worst. That's not me. <laughs> well, this Factorio, <laughs> I had spent some time doing that. Mm. my factorial phase um oh, man. i played it i did play it on the airplane though the other day that was pretty fun made the time go by pretty quickly um but no I, I i don't know what the deal is i i just maybe i'm just so 
I'm just sick of sitting in front of the computer, so I'm done. Whether it's working or gaming, I suppose. So yeah, that kind of uh, makes sense. Yeah, it it works pretty it works pretty well. And I guess you having the distinction of like my Mac is my work machine and my Windows is the the game machine also helps because I don't have like a smooth transition between the two. I actually have to get up and unplug a bunch of USB cables, and I don't want to do that. So I don't half <laughs> the time. I'm just like, nah, I'm not going to play right now because I don't want to do that. Which is the, the laziest thing ever, but it is what it is. Well, I mean, I, it seems like it's actually kind of acting in your favor yeah. in this case. It's like, nah, I'm going to go outside. Uh-huh. I'm going to go make some more coffee or something. I don't know. But it's been, it's been fun. I've been playing PUBG, which uh, I don't know why I like stressful games, but I like st- stressful games, if that makes sense. Um, makes you feel a little alive, doesn't it? It makes me feel wild, man. Uh, so PUBG, for anyone that's not familiar, um, and if you're not into games, I'm sorry, uh, but PUBG is... You, there's an there's an island and it's it's a server of 100 people and everyone starts out in, in the same plane and you parachute out of the plane into the island with nothing you just have your fists and you have to go around and there's like houses and different like buildings and stuff on the island and there's cars scattered about that you can drive and you have to collect everything that you have so you can find different types of weapons melee weapons different types of guns and ammo and upgrades like um, scopes and things like that so actually uh, just before we re- started recording I was playing with Mikhail. And we had to, we picked a couple of houses. We're like, all right, let's drop in on these. Nothing. Um, I had to like run through a whole field to another place before I even found a weapon. And we saw like five people who didn't kill us for some reason. <laughs> we were just trucking through the woods. Uh, and then I've had other matches where I, I drop in and it's like I hit, you know, I, I uh, won the lottery and I get like all these different crazy weapons and I can just kind of hunker down. But it's stressful because there's no radars. Um, you have to listen. So everything, everything is surround sound. So you can hear people like walking above you or below you if you're in a house. And that's what freaks me out. So I'll be like chilling and then I'll hear pitter patter of feet. I'm like, oh no, the feet, you know? <laughs> and then I'll start to get like, I've been watching some streams of this. Like people get, people get really into it and really stressed oh, yeah. out. Cause you're like, you, it really is like that. Almost like a horror movie and you can't see what's going on yeah. and Oh man. Yeah. So I'm I'm tempted, but geez, it seems stressful. Yeah, and that's what I like about it. First, I don't know why I like that, but I do. And so <laughs> I've been playing the first. So there's two different modes: there's first person and third person. And the normal the normal servers you can switch between the two. Then if you switch into third person, obviously you have like a bird's eye view of everything around you, so you can pan the camera and and look around. So it's not as intense because you can pop into third person and just kind of see what's going on around you. First person can't do that. If you want to look around the corner, you got to stick your head around the corner. Mm-hmm, um, uh-huh. And so there's been a bunch of times if I can't sleep, I'll just play a couple of games and I'll get tired. And it's like late at night, my headphones are on, um, no one else is awake, the lights are off, and I hear feet. I'm like, oh no! But I don't know why lately that's been like my therapy. The wild thing to me about this game, I, and I haven't, I haven't played it yet, like I said, but the, what just seems so interesting to me is just that it's a hundred people dropping onto this island mm-hmm. pretty much all at once. Mm-hmm. And like you're parachuting, you're parachuting out onto it. So people land in different spots, but it's so many people to be playing a game at once. And and the yeah. player gets smaller and smaller and it's just, everybody's getting squished and it's, oh, it's, right, it's yeah. such an interesting I idea. I totally forgot about what a, the, what a cool the game. radius. So it's, it's basically like Hunger Games. As time goes on, the outer radius gets smaller and yeah. smaller. So it's pushing you. Uh, imagine it's like a, it's like a much larger version of the trash compactor scene in Star Wars where they're kind of getting pushed together. <laughs> if you go outside of the radius, you get hurt. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, there's like a whole strategy of like playing the line, right? Cause if you're too far in the middle, then you can get attacked from any angle. If you're too far out back. Yeah. If you stay to one side, you yeah. get, you cut off half of your attack you're, angles. Yes. Yeah. And then if you stay too far back, you're constantly running and you can't really, 
you know, you're constantly like, it's coming for me and you have to run right. the other way and also look for people at the same time. So it's, it's a whole thing. And what's cool for me is like, it's less about the actual combat mechanics. It's more about strategy and position. Well, especially in the, in the squad mode, you can play with teams. It's like what? teams of up to eight i think uh four something like I think that four i think four is max I, i've seen i've definitely seen a couple eights oh, so I should, it's I should possible check into that. it might be a custom game mode i don't know but um it's really it's really really cool because you, you watch some of these people who have been playing for a little little bit and they have kind of the radio terminology down and they're they're telling each other okay this one's at your at your 70 or whatever and, and it's just pretty pretty neat the level of teamwork and strategy yeah. that goes into this and people people really plan this stuff out it's sort of like military games yeah so i'm not like that michaela and i are just shooting the breeze and then pop, pop, <laughs> oh my god <laughs> and you know like everyone's going prone which i hear you're not supposed to do what's interesting to me is that i've noticed that people change their graphic settings to very low so they don't see any foliage yeah. like i think that's mm-hmm. interesting to me because you would think that you would want it to look awesome you know, like it's an experience playing it no, they don't care. They just want the scores, you know. So they turn everything. They're there to low. get those chicken dinners. <laughs> exactly. I have not got. I've. I think I've gotten into fourth place was the highest, and that was me like snaking through the grass, like, oh no, oh no, take my backpack <laughs> off. Hopefully they don't see my backpack. Take it off, and I'm just crawling through the grass, you know. <laughs> uh, I feel like I feel like we're both kind of drawn to these things. These just stressful making ourselves feel stressed even in work it, at least sometimes yeah yeah even in jujitsu too it's kind of like that like uh-huh. getting to a position i'm like oh no uh and what's what's really funny now is that uh, my jujitsu instructor so we have this discord channel right and my jujitsu instructor is in the discord channel now and so i'll play PUBG with him and uh i don't know it's just really funny because he'll um He'll just like take pot shots at me because he'll just, you know, beat me up and down the mat basically. And then he'll go to Discord channel and be like, here's a, here's an actual picture of Sean Wash training. And it was, uh, it was Luke swinging on the, on the uh, vine with Yoda on his back. <laughs> <laughs> pretty accurate. It was pretty accurate though. Cause he did beat me up that night. Um, he, he hung on your back. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I couldn't get him off of me. He was saying I was like, he was like Yoda and I was like Luke Skywalker cause Yoda was on his back and I couldn't, it, so I'm like six foot one and 228 pounds and he's five foot six maybe. And I could not throw it. Like I couldn't get him off of me if I tried to. That's hilarious. Funny. But yeah, you're right. It's kind of, and we're, like our work is kind of like that too. Like being the only programmer, the only CTO, it's like that met that I like that idea that things could just hit the fan at any time. And you're the only person that could do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've loosened up a lot and I don't bring my computer with me everywhere now. So like I'll go to Burlington, which is an hour and a half away and I won't have my, my laptop with me. Um, so now that I say that it kind of freaks me out, but I, at the time, like when I did it on Saturday, <laughs> don't think about it too much. I didn't think about it too much. Yeah. <laughs> but Hey, nothing went wrong. Nothing went, nothing's going wrong for a while, which I should knock on trees outside it's been going, it's been, things have been going well. Are you still, uh, do you still think you're on target? You're hoping what within the next few weeks here, I think, right? For your big elixir switch over. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be exciting. Closer. I'm working through like the checkout and the order stuff right now. Um, just kind of like the last bit of difficult stuff, the shipping, I think maybe, but really that's not hard. It was just kind of figuring out how to design it the first time or the third time rather. Right. Uh, so what we did was we had a meeting cause I was down there recently. We had a meeting and we decided to push the launch date for that back t- so that I can include a few features that we've been wanting to do in the first place. And if I were to implement them now, I would obviously have to do them twice because they're not like changes to features. They're completely new things that they wanted in. It's a new, yeah, yeah. brand new thing. So another, I mean, that's another like shout out to Lindsay. I don't think she'll ever hear this, but shout out to her cause she's the chillest boss I've ever had. 
um, she's like, we'll just, you know, have, have three more weeks. I was like, are you giving me three weeks to do something? <laughs> this has never happened to me before. I've said you're giving me three more weeks, not taking three away. Just to clarify. Right, you're giving me more time. She's like, yeah, just take the rest of the month. I was <laughs> like, excuse me. Can you, can you do that? <laughs> yeah. It's just such a different vibe than client services, man. It's, it's, yeah. we, I mean, we can, we can do that. That's the, the, the crazy thing. Like it doesn't push anything back. There's no conversation with a customer, you know, saying, oh, it's going to take X longer. And this is why it was like a, Hey, we want this. And we realize it's going to take time and, um, how much time will it take? And I said three weeks and they're like, Are you, there's three weeks. So, um, yeah, awesome. but it's, it's going well. I'm still really enjoying Elixir. I'm still really enjoying Vue. Uh, I'm happy that I chose those tools. I'm still doing lots of work with Vuex. Happy that I chose that. And uh, things I haven't like tr- needed to upscale a bunch in different areas lately. I've just been working. Yeah. I feel like we talk about how great Vue is every single week. But man, how great is Vue? <laughs> Oh yeah. Also shout out to Kevin because he tried it for the first time the other night and he I asked him how it was and he seemed pretty excited about it. Just just so so consistently good. It's, so consistently yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm happy, very happy with it. I just I don't know, man. It's it's such a good tool that I'm I'm like integrating it into a mostly server rendered, like Elixir server rendered app, and I'm also doing complete spas at the same time. And I'm not really having to change up how I do things. The, I mean, the original setup was different, but now it's like the workflow is completely the same. So you're kind of getting into Nuxt a little bit more, not for the first time, but like digging into it a little bit more, I, th- mm-hmm. I feel like, over the last few weeks here. Um, how how has that been? How what are, you, what are your feelings on that so far? I know you've actually run into some uh, bumps in the road, as uh-huh. it were. Yeah, so it's like Nuxt itself is great. I think... I think it's in one of those weird places where there's like a point one zero six or something out, point one zero seven out, and then there's the release candidate for one point which is a pretty big jump right. in the features that it has and certain things and how you approach like certain ways of doing things. And the release candidates have been a little bit buggy here and there, but it's not like anything show stopping. It's more like a oh a config change here or this little thing here over here changed and the docs haven't been written yet. So Right, yeah, yeah. Documentation isn't quite up to yeah. date and that sort of stuff. So I are you're on the pre release version yeah, I'm right on now? RC6. With Okay, that's that's cool. Because uh, 'cause I'm still actually with Nest Notes, I'm still on zero point ten point six. I'm waiting for the actual release before I go through all that because I just I just don't have the time to deal with the back and forth yeah. right now in this app. Yeah, it's it's been it's been amazing though. I mean, so there's so much stuff that I've been able to leverage that I haven't had to do myself. Like even things down to okay, so I'm going to use Axios for the the Ajax requests, um, but now I don't even have to write my own like plugins or anything to to configure it because there's a community module for Axios and you set that up and then you set one config where all the other configs go in Nuxt config. So you have like your master config file. Well, now you can set all of like your environment variables there that configure the base URL and all that stuff. And so now you don't have config spread across two or three files. You don't, you're not checking like, is this the server environment or is this the browser environment? It just <laughs> works, which is it's like, it's just great. It's just great. Yeah. It's astounding how many things like if you, um, I, I, one of the biggest problems I feel like, not even necessarily a problem, but challenges right now is just even being aware that this stuff exists yeah. because it's all there's new stuff all the time and it's all just coming out of nowhere and it's suddenly just there and works and it's great 
Yeah. Um, and so you you were telling me about the Axios thing and, and these community modules, um, which I, I know we talked about in person. I don't think we've talked about on the show, but Nuts has uh, all these community modules, and we'll get a, we'll get a link to the repo. Uh, things like Axios and like making a, uh, a progressive web apps, it'll automatically do a bunch of stuff for you mm-hmm. there. There's all all sorts of different things you can go look at this at this repo and it just kind of makes it automatic and you don't have to worry. It's one less thing where you don't worry about the config and you just have a centralized place for it. Like yeah, just a, just a nice place to store more things. And I feel like that's such a big deal. I think, you know, I was explaining this to somebody yesterday and I think the reason why I'm taking the Nux so much is because it feels similar to the Rails way of thinking. Like, so building a spot, you can build it any sort of way, but Nux is like, here's how we want to build it. And then you follow those rules and it works. Yeah, and I, I was a little, that was one of the things I was a little more cautious about with Nuxt at first when I was still kind of debating whether to switch to it, uh, especially because of the routes. The routes in Nuxt are all defined. Um, you, you just basically set up the actual .view files in a folder structure that represents the routes, and you can do things like underscore, prefix underscores to do uh, uh, route params. So you can have like slash, you, you would have the users directory, and then you would have like underscore user ID. And then that would just go so slash user slash one. Yeah. Obviously yeah. give one as the user ID, et cetera. And I, I was like, that seems cool, but also like one of those things where I'm gonna run into issues actually hasn't been a problem. And now of course Nuxt has added support for customizing the routes uh even further. You can actually have configs to extend that that default. Right. But uh all the decisions, again, it's like all the decisions that are being made are always either the right decision, even though it's a little bit painful, or they're the right decision, and it also allows for customization anyhow on top yeah. of that. So I, I just just so impressed with yeah, that. Yeah, that's the thing. Like you said, it's it's the right decision, and even though it might be a little bit more painful or it might cause you to rethink something, and that's what I've noticed is that kind of choosing tools that have a similar philosophy, maybe not quite as dogmatic as Rails, but the same idea like mm-hmm. plug and play. If you if you play by the rules, things are just going to work out. You know, Specifically in talking about the routes, Thinking about okay, well, my 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 spa routes are now determined by a folder directory like slash users slash underscore id or slash users underscore slug or something, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, like you said, like initially, like is that going to be robust enough? What if I have to do lots of parameters and things like that? Uh, well, it turns out it is, and it turns out that maybe you shouldn't be doing what you thought you should have been doing in the first place. <laughs> if, yeah, maybe you need to rethink your URLs if that's a problem. Exactly. And that often is that's so often the case. It's like, I do have to rethink what I'm doing because I'm using Nuxt or because I'm using Vuex or because of whatever tool. But then I think about it a little bit more and it's like, oh, right. That's why I need to rethink this. Not because of the tool, because I was doing something suboptimally. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And learning to admit that is tough, but... I mean, I think it. I think it's a really good thing. It's a necessary thing. I think um, it's when you're able to do that, life just gets a little bit easier. You know, it just gets a little bit easier when you don't have to worry about. Um, just I don't know, like just like learning how to trust again. I think because I think every web developer goes through the phase, right? So you blindly trust the first thing you learn, and then and then you learn to not do that <laughs> for the second thing you learn. Yeah. And then you come back around again to maybe it's not so much of a blind trust, but it's more of like an experience like, okay, I can see what's happening with the community. I can see the, like the kind of the quality of the libraries, what's going on here. And I can, I can kind of lean on that. So I think that's where I'm landing now is I've been around the path a few times and it's not so much blind trust anymore, but it's willing to be like, okay, well, I'll let them handle this. 
even if there is a little bit of an issue, I can change something else to make it work for what I'm doing. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's an earned trust. Yeah, yeah, an earned trust. Yep. So that's kind of where I'm at. And that's kind of where I'm at with Elixir too. I what for me what Elixir comes back to is it's just always it's always a function. It's just all fun it's functions all the way down. So I'll try to like start to tackle this feature and then I'll start thinking about uh, I don't know how to do this, or I don't know how to do that. And then I'll start looking at like advanced features of Ecto. And then it always comes back to just write some functions and it'll work. And so I maybe I should slap a post-it note on my monitor. It's functions all the way down. But that's one thing that's been really helping me. And I'm trying to do that with Vue as well. Instead of just do anything too wild. I mean, you can't like, ex- you can't exactly take that abstraction and apply it to Vue, but just thinking like functions all the way down. Don't get too crazy. Just functions. Just use the the basics. Yeah, I find this, that is absolutely true for, I I mean, Elixir is a little bit different since it's so much more functional programming, Mm -hmm. like just as as a whole. But even, I mean, in Rails, in JavaScript, in anything, any programming I've ever done, it's like even just breaking things up into smaller functions. If you have one larger function, breaking it up into two or three, it can kind of feel daunting and weird to do at first until you get into the habit of it. But once you do, I just find, at least for myself, everything becomes so much more clear and, and I'm, I'm able to change things and move things around later and restructure them so much more easily and flexibly. It's just kind of that more planning up front allows for more flexibility down the road, I yeah, guess. Yeah, no, totally. It really does. Thanks again to the folks at Rollbar for sponsoring this episode of Does Not Compute. Rollbar makes finding and fixing production errors a breeze. It hooks into all the other tools you know and love, like Trello, Slack, GitHub, Bitbucket, and more. Learn more and sign up today by visiting rollbar.com slash DNC. energy drink for the first time in like probably a few years that sounds terrible yeah it was that was a real mistake it sounds like when you stayed up all night and then it's like the couple of hours where your body shuts off and uh-huh. your eyes hurt and your face hurts and <laughs> that's what energy drinks that's remind about me right of. Mm, sugar